this fake sire or is this this Hades costume is the stinkiest costume on this brand <laughs> babies are often very useless when you need to get things done take a puff do you fear Bing Bong is a sus individual signed sealed and delivered Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness. Kyle, we're, we're in the parks. Uh, we're living in our in our parks world, living our best parks lives. You made an interesting comment to me lately that it's been over a year since you've been to the parks for the first time, like maybe ever. First time in my adult life, for sure. I, there was like a hiatus between me being, oh man, I guess like my grad night in high school because we went to Disneyland for that. And then... Oh, we all remember what happened to that one. <laughs> yes. And then... The uh, the next time that I went, I think I was, it was probably two or three years after that when I was in college. So um, this is definitely the longest of recent memory. As I said on Jerry's Gang, I've, I've been going probably every eight to 10 months uh, since moving back to the Bay and having my own money to spend. But this is the first time. In the time that we've recorded, they've announced that they are going to have uh, they're, they're lower tiered pricing for at least two months of the year. Uh, I, I guess that means 60 days of the year. They're going to have tickets one day, one park for 104 bucks. So that might incentivize me to get down there uh, sooner than later. We got to get you on Incredicoaster. So we we're we're, we we're have right. to go ahead and make okay. a trip. What, what we have to shocking. do is we have, we have to... <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I, I feel like... Um, my my Disney adult card needs to be revoked from me or something. <laughs> um, but but what we really need to do is check out Magic Happens. We uh, I when mean, it returns the spring. Come on, the spring trip has to happen. I'm going to piggyback on the Giants road trip to Angel Stadium, and we are going to go ahead and hit up DCA and catch a daytime parade. Magic Happens. That's what's going to happen. When spring. is when is Toontown open? Uh, March sometime. Hey, so I might have to check out a little Mickey Mini <laughs> Runaway Railway too. We're going to do it all. Uh, and maybe joining us on that trip, but definitely joining us here for the podcast is Callie. Callie, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Hey, anytime I will accept that invite. Hey. Unless the Bairners are in town. I, I was going to say, <laughs> apparently we have to plan it for September since that is the uh, your escape time. But in this last trip that you went, I guess during the pandemic, uh, was there anything besides like it's nice that there wasn't fast pass at the time now there's genie plus which is kind of a pain in the ass was there anything that you noticed either different or that reminded you like hey this is why i come back like i really really had a good time with this um i mean it was just like it really felt like life was getting back to normal especially mm-hmm. that first trip back um it was like the first time i'd been on an airplane since everything happened and the first time that my mom and I got to spend like a significant chunk of time together which was really nice um I think the crowds still felt the crowds felt overwhelming even though they were probably lower than they are on a normal 
non pandemic week. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just am very nostalgic for the fall time in Disneyland. Halloween time is really fun for me. Um, again, it is the only time that I ever get to go. So maybe that's why I love it so much. <laughs> but um, it yeah, just felt like extra magical that first time back. This last time, I will say I um, piggybacked my Disney trip off of a work trip to Vegas, um, oh. which was the absolutely worst idea I've ever had. I was just so <laughs> tired, so exhausted. And um, it, we did three days in the parks, which at that point just felt like too much. Like I third day, I was like, this was a waste of $180 or however much right. I paid. Um, so never will do that again. But yeah, that first trip back after the pandemic was pretty special. So yeah, I've I think Chris and I have talked about hitting that two day threshold in Anaheim where it's like once you've hit that second day, you're like, okay, I've had about enough. And if I have to do a third full day, it might actually kill me. And in honor of us being back in a Zoom room together, I got my California screaming hat on hey, from the last time we all went okay. together and I grabbed okay. one of those. The last time Chris went on that coaster mm. uh, was when it was screaming five years ago. So mm. uh, happy to have you back, Kelly. And I'm excited to... hopefully put you to work a little bit here you you got off last time didn't have to make a lot of decisions but we've got our first one two three four five six seven eight in a very long time so i'm excited to dive in but before we do uh it's time to talk spoonful of sugar chris what are you drinking this episode i it's it's getting to be bedtime (laughs) it's about to be time to go night night Uh uh-huh and i you know i was very very wound up uh when I ended my work day. So I figured we need to have a little night, night juice, uh, to wind things down. And that night, night juice is, uh, not sinus relief tea. It is stress release, stress release tea, stress relief tea. Okay. Uh, yeah, a little honey lavender tea. I'm double backing it though. Y'all. Uh, oh, so it's, uh, damn crazy. it's extra potent. That's that. That's it. It's not your it's sensuality. That you had no, a no, last I needed, bracket. I need a little refill because honestly, <laughs> that stuff was pretty good. I might have to pick up a ten pack this time. <laughs> uh, Kyle, what do you got? Uh, I'm drinking beer this time around. It's a Hen House and Altamont Brewworks collab. It's called Hella Stoked Autumn IPA. It's a darker IPA, and it's very delicious. This is the last of a four pack uh, that I had been drinking over the last weekend. Uh, it, it's what I've been saying all winter long. I love a dark kind of amber beer. And this is the amber of the IPAs. And this time around, because we have It's a Small World still in the mix here, I put it into my uh, 1964-65 New York World's Fair glass that I got at an Ooh. antique fair at one point, uh, which I really like to drink beer out of because it makes me feel cool. And I'm going to call this one... Uh, Winky's Brew. Winky is the bartender in uh, the Mr. Toad attraction. Yeah, he's the, yeah, he's the one that kind of screws over Mr. Toad in the movie. So uh, the bartender, he has a, a pub. He serves beer. This is Winky's Brew for me. Callie, what are you drinking this episode? You know, I had more time to come up with a punny name for my drink and I still failed. So I am drinking another concoction of tequila and spindrift, but I added some orange carousel to it this time. Oh. 
the highlight though is that I you probably can't tell on the video. Nope, it's just not coming through at all. But this is a uh, rocks glass from Disneyland. It has the castle, a little Mickey mm. ear silhouette from the crystal gift shop um, on Main Street. There's also one in New Orleans Square, and um, I've decided that it's my new favorite souvenir to pick up at the parks. Um, and I think it's like $13 or something like that. And you can get your name engraved on it. I didn't do ah. that. Um, but that's my drink. <laughs> I'm a big fan of glassware. So yeah, it's uh, fun. shout out to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's They've got a good. ton of different designs. So you can collect highball glasses, eight, or little shorties, all of it. So I think you did it right by getting in Castle. Because if you got a character that you're really tying yourself to... <laughs> yeah. And they're like not good... Uh, hey, hey, this might be a hot take. I... I'm not a fan of Tinkerbell and she was like all over a lot of those glasses. So, um, but they had like Minnie and Mickey and some other folks. So, um, but yeah, the castle with the Mickey ears was seemed like the safest bet. It's a perfect one right there. All right. Well, let's talk about how we got here to this elite eight. We had a demographic that chose our 16, which were the dis Twitter community members talking all about, the fact that we got an opening date for Tron Light Cycle Run over at Walt Disney World. Uh, these are big parks fans. So, of course, they knew their signage. Of course, they've been to the West Coast Park. So, they gave us 16. Uh, we had some missed the dances. We broke down that first round. and That led us to a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, Elite 8. Uh, the first round of this Elite 8 is going to be like this. Number one, Radiator Springs Racers sign is going to be taking on the 8 Pixar Pal Around sign. The number four, Matterhorn Bobsled sign is going to take on the number five, Haunted Mansion sign. The number two, Jungle Cruise sign is going to take on the number seven, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride sign. And the last matchup of the Elite 8, it's going to be the number three, It's a Small World sign versus the number six, Pinocchio's Daring Journey sign. Uh, Chris, I think you started last time, so I'll go ahead and start off this Elite Eight with Radiator Springs Racers versus Eight Pixar Pal Around. These are two fairly new signs in the zeitgeist that is Disneyland Resort attraction signs, which I think is really cool. They are so well done. They fit their area. They fit their time period. They fit what they're supposed to do. Uh, you have Radiator Springs Racers, which lets you know where Fast Pass is, where the standby is, what time it is for Fast Pass, what the weight is for standby. Over at Pixar Pal Around, you have what side is going to be swinging, what side is going to be not swinging. If you happen to be listening to this podcast and you've never been to uh, DCA or maybe the Pixar Pier area or maybe on Pal Around, when we're talking swinging and non swinging, there are cars on this big Ferris wheel, the big Lagoon Ferris wheel, some that ride on a track, this oval track. And as it kind of turns around, uh, you go sliding down its edges or you have the stationary kind of normal Ferris wheel ones. Chris, when you are by choice or forced to go on Pixar <laughs> Pal Around, uh, are you a swinging or are you non-swinging? I am absolutely a non-swinging fella. Oh. And here's why. Uh, it's not that I feel like I'm going to barf if I ride the swinging attraction. I understand the uh, titillating nature <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of the swinging element. Um, it's definitely fun if you're with a group of friends. But 
one interesting kind of personality trait about me is I love heights. I like being very high off the ground. I like feeling the sensation of height. And when you're on a swinging gondola and you're at the top of the gondola, you're actually at the middle of the wheel because the swinging makes it so that you don't actually get to go up all the way to the top. So I like the stationary car because when you're at the tippy top, you are at the very tippy top. Uh, so sure. you have a better, you have a better view, which that ultimately that's what I'm riding a Ferris wheel for, for the view. If I wanted to ride a ride that was going to be fast and spinny and exhilarating, I probably wouldn't pick a Ferris wheel to be honest. Callie, what side are you going on? Um, you know, it's interesting because I absolutely hate the swinging cars and kyle i think we were in a swinging car one time when my soul literally left my body (laughs) but the non-swinging to me just is so boring and long and there's no interest and no excitement outside of the view so i don't know what's coming over me but i guess swinging would be my choice in this one for me it's definitely swinging because the non-swinging line has too many goddamn kids in it oh that too and I'm not going to stand in line with all of these families, all these kids waiting in line to get on my attraction, Pixar <laughs> Pal Around. So I go swinging. It's usually shorter. Uh, it's less, I mean, well, it's more screaming kids once you're on it. Uh, the, the thing that you risk by going on the swinging side, especially if you're a small party, is being grouped up with another Ooh, party. Do not want to. And if you're in the swinging one, it's only theatrics. Dude, and like, it's so awkward. And it's though, so too. awkward. And I never go on this goddamn ride sober. So like the entire time, I'm either like turned up with my friends going on this swinging car, or I'm like deadly silent as I watch this family across from me scream their heads off. It's you got to pick your poison. For me, it's usually swinging, and I've only had one of those awkward occurrences. The Pixar pal around sign is very beach boardwalk. It has the ornate uh, uh, decoratives all around it. Uh, The frame itself feels very like, come one, come all, come ride the Ferris wheel. Uh, The popcorn light usage is very typical of this type of space, and you have it around the sign itself. You have it within the lettering of Pixar Pal Around. The lettering is very playful, like the rest of the boardwalk. It feels... Not necessarily like Pixar or Disney, but it feels very beach boardwalk-y of it. Uh, especially the fact that the name itself is kind of like a pun. You, you know, the pal around hang out. You, you are joking around with your friends. The pal around, the Ferris wheel goes around. The sign makes a lot of sense. Uh, the ding for me here is the fact that they kind of just painted on the swinging or non-swinging and don't give it any sort of illuminated efforts towards it, right? Like a lot of these other signs really make sure you know which line you're going in. But this one, it relies on a lot of the popcorn lights that are around it. Now, maybe somewhere there's some spotlights that shine on it. But in the photo that we're looking at and the photos that I've looked at, I don't see that. So really, you just have to kind of know if at night you're going on this thing, what line you're getting into. Otherwise, the presentation is fantastic. So is Radiator Springs Racers. And Chris, you brought this up. This sign's not just for the attraction. This sign is for what is kind of considered like a national park in the area. You're going through the arches of a destination, not the attraction. 
the gateway to Ornament Valley, Radiator Springs. And all of that is made out of what seems to be these kind of mechanical parts, these like metal lead type uh, pipes and tubing, which is super cool. It gives very much like Yosemite vibes uh, anywhere on this western side of the United States National Parks vibes. In this photo, it doesn't show it. I think that this photo might be a fairly early on one, especially because it says Fast Pass. But upon looking at signs, uh, the pillars that it stands on, uh, there's these like stoneworked pillars. And on those pillars today are these different sort of like time-worn signage that has like a city crest on it. And it has a national parks warning on it and it has something that might be incorporated into a town or a national park signage are on these pillars it doesn't tell you anything about the attraction itself but it really sets you in a place that this attraction is supposed to happen in so i think like the overall structure of the sign is phenomenal just like pixar pal around they both make so much sense i think in this matchup i'm gonna go ahead and go with Radiator Springs Racers. I think I would go Pixar Pal around if I had a little bit more lighting on the non-swinging and swinging signs. And I get that lighting out of the Fast Pass Return, now Lightning Lane, and the standby entrance with Radiator Springs Racers. So just because we get a little bit more detail and clarity out of the one seed over the eight seed, that's why Radiator Springs Racers is going to move on for me. I really didn't go into this bracket with strong feelings about the Pixar pal around sign, but in studying it a little bit more, I really love this sign a lot for a couple of reasons. And the first one being kind of looking at where we came from, because obviously the attraction <laughs> that use that this used to be known as the sun wheel and and going back and looking at the Sunwheel sign versus looking at the Pixar Pal Around sign, it is a great example of DCA 1.0 versus DCA 2.0. Mm. Uh, the DCA 1.0 Sunwheel sign straight up looks like something from Roller Coaster Tycoon <laughs> One that you know you buy for twenty five bucks and you know plop at the entrance of your queue because it has to be there. Uh, the Pixar pal around sign is this very kind of elegant, inviting, uh, beautiful, I, I won't call it a work of art, but it's, it is this like intricate display. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it really draws you in whether you're riding the attraction or not. It's just so fun to look at. It's got these, these turrets, uh, that kind of function as the either sides of the, of the sign post. Uh, which are which are really awesome, and it ties into kind of the seaside Victorian theme of this this re revamped uh, what used to be Paradise Pier area and is now a, a Pixar Pier area. Love a good uh, capital letter, the P, the P, and the R on the Pixar pal around. Ooh, that R, mm, the way that that mm. the way that that R tucks under that O. Oh baby, mm. Ooh, I wish I was that leg just underneath <laughs> that O, like. Mm. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Easy now. And, uh, and you go back and you look at the Sunwheel sign and it straight up looks like 
neon not even not even neon like like popcorn aluminum capital letters that people used to buy from urban outfitters and like hang in their dorm and they thought it was like super cool super cool vibes uh i i really like the radiator springs racer sign as well the only thing for me is that by the time that you see the radiator springs racer sign you've already committed to the attraction at that point it's sure. in such a th- this sign and this attraction entrance is in such a strange location uh, where in my opinion, the entrance to this ride should be off to kind of the um, ornament Valley side uh, where the path in between cars land and the Pacific wharf area is, or it should be at the dead end of cars land where this is where all the traffic's going no pun intended. This is where, you know, <laughs> everyone's focus is, uh, and, and again, like a very inviting, uh, neon lit up, uh, kind of beautiful entryway, but it's like, it's just around this corner that is just kind of very sudden. It's like, Oh, there's a gift shop, but around the, around the side of the gift shop, uh, is the entrance to this very popular, uh, major attraction. So I'll, I'll take away from points from it there. I think I'm going to give it to uh, the Pixar Pal rounds. Uh, to be honest, I think that the Incredicoaster is. I know we're not really like talking about all the miss the dance signs at, at this point in time, but like the the Incredicoaster signage and en- entryway is so like not Pixar Pier. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, it's very incredible. So don't get me wrong, but it is so not Pixar Pier. Uh, the Midway Mania sign. I don't even. I don't even know if I can think of that sign off the top of my head. I think it feels very much like the Pixar Pal around, where it's it's boardwalky. The one in Tokyo is the big um, Woody head that you walk through his mouth. Maybe that's the same at Walt Disney World. It, it's uh. So the Midway Mania sign has that kind of like uh, you know, Midway. Uh, popcorn aesthetic to it as well but it's a little bit more like i I don't want to say like low 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 brow or low class but it's like a little bit more like basic it looks cheaper Mm. right and i think that's the intention you know like that's that's kind of what the midway is um but i you know the ornate nature of the pixar pal around sign i think really makes it the best sign uh in the area i mean it's like if we're looking for the sign that represents the space the best, I think, I think this is it. Like, I think this little slice of paradise pier is where the land comes to a head. Uh, not in, in terms of like the space, but in terms of like the theming, I mean this, you've got the, the, the Ferris wheel behind you. You've got the silly symphony swings off to your left. Like this is the area and you've got boardwalk games behind you. Like this is the area where like I'm, I'm at Pixar pier right now. Uh, whereas this, uh, you know, Cars Land, I'm not sure that Radiator Springs Racers, this this attraction marquee is necessarily what I think of when I think of the Cars Land aesthetic. Uh, this is me basically trying to fumble my way into advancing the number eight seed <laughs> Pixar Pal around so that Callie can break us a tie. Ooh, this is so exciting. Um, I think these are honestly two of my favorite signs in the mix, so this is a really tough matchup. Um, I will agree that I think the Pixar Pal around really matches the aesthetic of Pixar Pier. Like when you walk into Pixar Pier, 
by Lamplight Lounge, there's that sign with the light that is moving. It kind of mirrors that same look and feel and colorway. And I think it's absolutely beautiful. The Radiator Springs Racers sign is really interesting to me because as you know by now, I hate a lot of fonts as we learned from Astro Blasters <laughs> in the last episode. But what's interesting about this one is that there are three separate fonts, Gateway to Ornament Valley, Radiator Springs Racer or Radiator Springs and then Racers. Yeah. And it's kind of indicative of the three different parts of that ride. Hmm. It's like you get in your car and then you are driving through Ornament Valley. There's that big crescendo. You make the turn. There's the waterfall with the bridge. And then you move into Radiator Springs. You're driving through the town. You get the makeover in the car shop, whichever one it is, whether it's paint or tires. And then you're a racer. We racing, baby. <laughs> we racing. Um, which I think that kind of like little Easter egg of the three different, and I don't even, I would assume that the Imagineers knew that when they were designing the sign because they're incredible and smart and just have the most imagination in their brains ever. But I, for that reason, I lean towards Radiator Springs Racers. Plus the functionality of the times in the tires is awesome. Um, So for that reason, I'm going to lean towards number one. All right. The number one seed moves on to the final four. Uh, Next matchup. It's the number four Matterhorn bobsled versus number five Haunted Mansion. And this one's, this one's really interesting because we talked a lot about how the Matterhorn has not one, but two signs and and like kind of entryway areas and you can make the argument that like, oh, it's got two, it's more ornate, it's, you know, there's more representation, more opportunity to kind of show the flair of the attraction. But I, I don't think I like that. I think it's kind of a cop out on honestly. Uh, and oh. it, it's sort of like um, debases the value of the marquee when there's when there's multiples in the mix. And, and that was something we kind of. Um, held against pirates for in in the last matchup. So, don't love that about the Matterhorn. The Haunted Mansion. It, it feels like it's too basic. Like it feels like it needs just a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, and so it's really hard for me. It's like it, it, I need something in the middle almost. We we've had this conversation several times about various different topics. Not all signs are marquees, but all marquees are signs. Right. The Haunted Mansion sign is a sign. Uh, I would make the argument that there is no Haunted Mansion marquee. Uh, It's just a sign. Uh, And it's super easy to miss, honestly. Callie, you kind of called that out in the the last episode that you walk by this this sign all the time uh, and you might not ever even know it's there. Specifically, if you're someone who's like maybe only been to the parks one or two times uh, and you're just you're trying to take everything in like this Haunted Mansion sign, very easy to just walk right past it. I will say if we're talking about the immersive nature of the Haunted Mansion, it's kind of appropriate uh, because whose house other than 
you know, Elvis Presley himself is going to have, you know, the name of uh, (laughs) the property, like in giant letters across the gate or, or whatever. It's probably like a nice little ornamentation. I mean, this is where probably the street number would go um, if this was a real house. And so while yes, it's, it's not as uh, ornate and grand as it could be. you're supposed to feel like you're walking into like someone's actual house and onto, onto the actual grounds of this haunted mansion. So do you go with, uh, you know what we're talking about here and like, what is the best sign or, or do we go with, uh, you know, what, what is, what is most thematically accurate? I think either way you break it down, I I'm going to have to go with the haunted mansion. Uh, I think the the fact that this mark, the fact that this sign has become uh, so iconic and so synonymous with the attraction uh, is really important. The Matterhorn bobsleds sign, I think the Matterhorn works without a sign, but the Haunted Mansion doesn't work without a sign. Uh, because this is, this is a home. This is a home and homes have decor homes have little art pieces of art hanging up everywhere. Uh, and, and I think haunted mansion kind of fits, fits into that. So I, I don't know if that made any sense at all, but I got the mansion here, guys. I hear what you're saying, but I think that can be said for both of these. Like if you think that the mansion doesn't need a sign, then the Matterhorn probably doesn't need one either because the Matterhorn has these open gaping holes in it in which you can see exactly what this ride is. You know that it's going to be a, a roller coaster. And with the mansion, the sign doesn't tell you any more information, but you can tell that there's an attraction there because there's this big house. <laughs> and if you don't see the sign, you still know that there's this big house. So like, it feels like both of these don't necessarily need a sign, but they have one because that's kind of the currency of attractions is that you have a sign so that you know where to go. The Matterhorn having double signs doesn't bother me because the second sign is so small. The second sign feels like an ornament or just another display of decoration that reinforces the idea that this is a place. Think about traveling to like Lake Tahoe. Every place that you go is going to have a Lake Tahoe sign on it. Think about going to Vegas. Every place that you go has a Vegas sign on it. So the Matterhorn bobsled sign that is the little man with the big horn, that just feels like, hey, this is the Matterhorn reinforced. It is not meant to be like the big sign that the OG pirate sign was supposed to be and is just left over for. The reason why I'm going to go with Matterhorn in this matchup is because it kind of leads you into it as a gateway to the mountain, but also letting you know what you're getting into and assigning you a place to go. You either stand boy, stand boy, you either stand by, stand boy, boy, I'm a or, stand you boy. Are a, <laughs> or you are a lightning lane a participant. And then you get through and you get under the, under the other chalet and you're waiting to get onto your Matterhorn bobsled. That doesn't mean that I don't like the Haunted Mansion one because I think the Haunted Mansion sign fits perfectly for the mysterious attraction that it relates to. 
But when I'm looking at these signs, I just get a warmer feeling and a more immersive feeling out of the Matterhorn one than I do Honda Mansion. So personally, I'm going to go Matterhorn, which means that Callie's breaking another tie. Wow. Here I am once again. Yep. This is another tough matchup because in the first round, I was really high on the Matterhorn um, just with the amount of details that were in it. And I kind of love that there's different dimensions to it. Like there's the back wall of the next chalet where the load zone is with all of the different flags and insignia. Um, and then Haunted Mansion, I think going back to what Chris mentioned in the first episode, like he is has been close to purchasing an exact replica of <laughs> this sign before. And I know that it's all over the little gift shop that's outside of Haunted Mansion. You can get anything and everything under the sun with this Haunted Mansion logo on it, but you cannot say the same for the Batterhorn bobsleds sign. And I think for that reason, I have to go with the Haunted Mansion just because it feels like the staying power of it is so much stronger than the staying power of the Matterhorn bobsled sign. All right. Mansion moves on. Let's talk about this next matchup, which is the number two Jungle Cruise versus number seven, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Um, Number two Jungle Cruise is interesting because, as I said last time, it feels like there's a lot of things that maybe they found on the river that they're putting up on it. There's like a a indigenous mask maybe that they found, some spears that they found that they've hung up. Uh, they've painted Jungle Cruise on it. It feels like it's a depot for the tours that are leaving. It has the tours departing daily underneath the sign itself. Uh and more importantly, <laughs> it says on it, this is the entrance to the Jungle Cruise. It literally has a little arch that says entrance. And what's nice about the placement of this is that as you're coming down past Tiki Room, past the Adventureland bathrooms, past the bazaar, uh, you turn and the thing that you're going to see is the Jungle Cruise. And so what's a better way to be welcome than maybe a boat depot? that feels like it extends the land even further. It does, but if you look at, you know, aerials, it doesn't. <laughs> the river is quite small. It just does a ton of zigzags, but this big depot boathouse building makes you feel like it's going to go further. So, to see this entrance of the Jungle Cruise, like the first thing you see past the tiki room, and this is your introduction to Adventureland. That's pretty cool. Plays a very significant role to the land. It also makes sense that it would be across the street from like a merchant, right? Like you would have a merchant from the docks so that the docks would bring stuff to the merchant. And that's where you, where you would buy stuff from. So like this whole land just works. It's so sad that it's so small and currently occupied a lot by Indiana Jones. We'll see if that continues to hold. But like it, this area of Adventureland is just so cool and the sign makes up so much for it. What makes the sign even better is the fact that Fast Pass is gone and the Fast Pass uh, little station to the side is gone because that is what was confusing. Hmm. There was the Fast Pass like machine area that had its own walk in. But then you have the Jungle Cruise. And oftentimes at Disneyland, you are 
conditioned to line up next to the sign, not go through the sign. So people are lining up where you would get the fast pass tickets. And so now that this is the grand entrance, it just works so well. On the other side is uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which I said last time that I love. There's a crest in the middle of it. And the crest itself has what I think is supposed to be the Latin words, but I don't know that they are Latin because it's some of it's very specific. But <laughs> it says, uh, Toady Acceleratio Semper Absurda. Speeding with Toad is always absurd. Is that mm. direct translation? Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which I think is just such a, a fun way to just make this fantasy land regal socialite person have a a toad hall in the middle of everything by putting this latin uh, phrase and into the crest that basically just says that toad like to go fast he's a fast boy he's a he is the arguably one of the og fast boys (laughs) if we had to really say it past uh maybe uh what is it uh, the toad in or not toad uh yeah no the hair hair? what was the hair hair. who's the hair race tortoise (laughs) tortoise toad the tortoise is the fast boy yeah he is the fast boy well but i know that's a different bracket up for debate yeah that's a different bracket. fastest boy fastest disney boy fastest disney boy uh so i just like that small detail and i feel like fantasy land is full of that just the kind of small details the weather vanes on top of all of the attractions that just adds to it. The way that the facades look unlike anything else in the rest of the park, but fit so well to this area. The way that the carousels in the middle of this kind of fair, like, you know, space. I just think that this is such a great detail. So these two really make sense for their areas for me. I just love them a lot. Uh, and for whatever reason, I just have an affinity for Mr. Toad's Wild Ride hmm. and its signage. So while the Jungle Cruise is cool and it fits its area and I think it makes sense, so does Toad's and Toad's fits its IP. And I think that's also really cool. So I'm going to go with the number seven seed upset. I have a question to propose to both of you. Um, when the Jungle Cruise sign says tours departing daily do you think that there's a joke that was intentionally put in there uh almost to say like there are tours departing daily not necessarily returning but they're departing that's funny i think they're just constantly departing but to chris's point never coming back (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I like that both of these attractions signs have an element of humor to them. Uh, and we've talked about, you know what you're getting yourself into, but both of these I think are kind of supposed to be somewhat ironic. I think the toad, the toad one, very obviously like they're trying to present a high class experience and toad toad is about as lowbrow as you can get. Uh, but the jungle cruise one, it's like, this is, this, this is a very not legit operation being presented (laughs) as a legit operation. Um, and that is an element that I really like about the jungle cruise, uh, and the jungle cruise sign there. Tell me what you think about this as well. The, the J 
the little spike on the J. Uh, rhinoceros horn, maybe. Uh, maybe. There's a lot of spiky going on. There, though. there are a lot of spikes. It's a very spiky sign. They might all be horns. Uh, horniest Disney sign, Jungle Cruise. There you Whoa. go. Whoa. There you go. <laughs> Easy now. I'm uh, sorry. I'm on one today. <laughs> I think I'm going to agree with you, Kyle. I'm going to go with the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride sign. <laughs> Callie's so Throat pissed Callie. right now. <laughs> I'm so upset. I think, I, like I said, I think both of these signs are supposed to be ironic signs. And which attraction does the ironic sign better? It's the Mr. Toad Wild Ride sign. And, and, the, and the, the straw that breaks the toad's back on this one is the teacup, bro. It's him sure. with his pinky up on top of that sign. He says, I'm a classy mofo. Right. But we know he's absolutely not. Uh, Mr. Toad, if he was around today, he would be a YouTuber who would just do the craziest <laughs> stuff. He's Jake Paul. He's, uh, he's he, Toad Paul. He's, <laughs> he's Jake Paul. He's he's both Paul brothers combined. Uh, he's out here boxing people outside of his weight class. Oh, no. He's out here scamming people on crypto schemes. Uh, th- this is all Mr. Toad energy. Uh, we found it. We found it. Mr. Mr. Toad Paul. <laughs> uh, so I'm with you, Kyle. Callie, what are your thoughts here? Give, give it to us straight. Togan Paul. Okay. Here's the thing. I think I have an aversion to everything Mr. Toads. This is kind of going to be a tangent, but I was on a trip to Disneyland in high school with a group of other high school kids from the Seattle area. We're on like a work trip in Pasadena. Our fun day was going to Disneyland. Anyway, there was this one kid on the trip that drove me absolutely crazy. He was the worst. I hated him. He was so annoying. And we were all in like Fantasyland area somehow he and I both stepped in baby poop. Oh, no. In Fantasyland. Not sure no. how that happened. We literally no. stepped in poop. No. And that we were all about to ride Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And because he and I were the two that stepped in the poop, everyone made <laughs> us ride the ride together. And since then, I've hated riding Mr. Toad's Wild Ride because <laughs> I have... You just smell it. It That's like brings back these. Me- how did I step in baby poop? In this- it wasn't an animal. It- and then I saw the person with their kid, mm. no diaper, just like yeah, free ass in it. Uh, what, what was yeah. his name? What was his name? What's the kid? I name? can't. Oh, okay. I love. You uh, might listen to the podcast. Uh, hey, you <laughs> might. We're very popular. Maybe. We're very, very popular. So, um. Anyways, he'll know it's him uh, after you tell the story anyway. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Jungle Cruise is my pick. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Understandably so. All right. The final round of eight matchup. Number three, Small World versus number six, Pinocchio. I tried to send It's a Small World home on the last episode because I feel that the facade upstages the sign itself. Uh, and the, the It's a Small World sign is iconic, but it's not distinct, y'all. That's just how I feel about it. Um, Pinocchio, I didn't talk a lot about the Pinocchio sign and this sign is, uh, it's brilliant. Hmm. It's got so many, it's like an onion. It's got so many layers to it that as you peel back, or I guess maybe if you zoom out, whatever metaphor you want to (laughs) use, um, 
it gets better and better the further out you get. Obviously, you've got the the sign itself. You've got the word mark that says Pinocchio's Daring Journey, and it is written in this very authentic, handcrafted, uh, you know, toy maker type font, very whimsical, very storybook like, very Bavarian, all elements of the original Pinocchio movie. Uh, yeah. And there you go, that's in the sign. Zoom out just a little bit further, and we've got our boy. We've got Pinocchio himself. Uh, <laughs> he's out. He's out here doing his little dance. Uh, he's not moving, but he's you know he's stuck in dance. Uh, and, and there he is. He's doing his thing. Kyle, you kind of referenced how like it seems like a whimsical, fun ride when you see the like uh, little dancey Pinocchio, but it's definitely not that. It is nope. not fun. Not at all. And then you zoom out even further and you've got the entire facade in much like the Matterhorn. This feels kind of like a chalet, but it's a cuckoo clock, gang. And you know, who's, you know who's out damn. here making cuckoo it clocks. It's our boy clock. Geppetto. Oh, uh, God so, damn, it is a cuckoo clock, isn't it? So the little like uh, dancing Pinocchio marionette isn't, Pinocchio himself dancing. It is if you zoom in far enough, but once you zoom out, you it's a cuckoo clock Pinocchio. It's like the Rafiki cuckoo clock that Geppetto made in the uh, most recent live action let's, one, let's, right? Let's, let's we're gonna have to cut that out because we're not <laughs> we're not acknowledging that that film exists ever. My question is: This is the I have always gotten this from the sign, and I don't really understand. And if there's an element of the Pinocchio movie that I'm I'm forgetting about, please tell me. But the red and blue striped pillars next to the sign, big barbershop pole vibes. Yeah, and that's how I described them last week. But I don't know how that ties in other than it's just another ornate decoration. It's just red and blue, I guess. Um so I, I know that that probably wasn't the intention, but that's just how it reads to me. I mean, I don't mind. Barbershop poles are sick, bro. Um, I, I have to go with, I have to go with Pinocchio. Uh, I love it. There's, there's so many elements to it. Uh, like I said, it's like an onion. It's, it's complex and simple at the same time. Uh, it's a smart old Mary Blair. I love her, love her to death. The sign's great, but it's just not a showstopper. I think like the Pinocchio one is. Yeah, Pinocchio's is interesting now that you say that it's supposed to be somewhat like a cuckoo clock because it does resemble a cuckoo clock. I wish that they would have put a clock. See where that heart is at the top of it? I wish they would have put a clock there so that mm. it's more evident like a cuckoo clock and Pinocchio's popping out on the hour or maybe just make that happen. But I can see the formation of it. This entire thing looks like a cuckoo clock. The entire front building does. So that that's really cool. I like that. Uh, you're right. The barbershop poles, red and blue. I mean, Pinocchio has the red overalls and the blue tie. That's the only thing that can really tie to it. But otherwise, being the symbol that it is, I think it's just decoration. It's a great, great sign because it lives in the building that houses the line. <laughs> because if you extend that line you're you're queuing back and forth in front of the building itself but if you walk in there then you get into the switchbacks of the building so it's nice to know that that's definitely the entrance to pinocchio's small world does the same thing you know that the facade is there but you the icon that lets you know this is where you're going to line up is the it's a small world sign 
even to the point where when they did have fast passes, when they did do max passes, that sign doubled and had one of each. It had a the arches converged and it said fast pass here, stand by there. So it served that functionality point. The sign represents the attraction itself, but the kids being, I'm going to be that guy. Come on. I'm going to be that guy. Those kids aren't Mary Blair. Those kids are very today's kids. That's not a Mary Blair product. Mary Blair is much more simple than that. And so they don't necessarily represent the kids that you're going to see inside. These aren't doll-like. These are very much more uh, detailed than what you're going to see mm. inside. But the the attraction poster that we broke down once upon a time with Eric and Alyssa, those were the Mary Blair ones. And they had oh. the rounded heads with the big mm. eyes and they were just colored. Hmm. These are detailed. So once upon a time, it was Mary Blair. Now it's much more detailed. And that's fine because it shows you the progression that we've gone through in recognizing what the world is when we refer to the world, which is we're not all just these people with the same round heads and the same eyes, but different skin colors. We quite literally look different. So I like what the the new sign and what the current sign represents. I also like the flare, the happiest cruise that ever sailed. You know, just like Pinocchio's, that you're going to enter something that is going to try and be as happy as possible. And it does. Comes through in the music, comes through in the scenery, comes through in everything that you're trying to... The boat ride atmosphere is always happy and very calm. Pinocchio's daring journey is like, oh, well, mm, you better buckle up probably because it's going to get a little dicey here. So I like both signs. I think both signs serve their purpose functionality. I think that functionally, I think that both signs aesthetically fit their areas perfectly. So now it's really just personal bias. And you already know, Chris, I'm a goddamn Mary Blair boy. You already know that I love this sign because I think this sign just fits perfectly. It lets the facade do, do its job, but also says, hey, come line up over here. Don't keep going left. Come right here. This is where you find this attraction. I'm going number three. It's a small world. Callie, welcome back. You're breaking another tie. Wow, this is so exciting. Um, so I was doing some quick, quick Wikipedia work <clears throat> during that last uh, debate segment, and I uh, inferred that the sign was added during the 2008 refurbishment of It's a Small World. <clears throat> Excuse me. It, uh, Disneyland's It's a Small World was closed from January to November 2008. That's also the time that uh, Sylvania was added as a sponsor of the ride. Sure. Yeah. Which, if you didn't know, is a global lighting manufacturer. <laughs> okay. Not sure what that has to do with the happiest cruise that has ever sailed. But regardless of that, this is a tough matchup. But I, my gut is telling me that it's a small world is it's the better sign in this uh this round the heart in the pinocchio's daring journey makes me think alice in wonderland and like that was a ride that was in that space before and then it got switched over to pinocchio even though that's not true um i think they're both (laughs) two beautiful signs two beautiful facades but it's a small world is just more aesthetically pleasing to me so that's my vote. <laughs> All right. It's a small world survives yet again. We're in the final four. The first matchup is Radiator Springs Racers versus number five on Mansion. 
And uh, I tried to down Houghton Mansion already. Uh, and I've passed along Radiator Springs this entire time. Uh, I stand by what I said in episode one. That's not Lightning McQueen. That is just a red car. And you're going to go fast in a red car. I, I like the usage of the space. I love the standby. I love the lightning lane return in the tires with the hubcaps being the times themselves. I love that it kind of feels like the gateway to Ornament Valley Radiator Springs existed before Lightning McQueen because it kind of feels like that was added after Lightning showed up to Radiator Springs. It feels like once Lightning showed up, which was well after this area existed, they were like, we need to represent Lightning. And in the film, they represent Lightning by adding all of that neon and turning it all back on and fixing up the place. So why not fix up the place and add a neon element to a sign that's not neon lit? And that's why Radiator Springs Gateway to Ornament Valley is not lit up like like the racers portion is so like there's some storytelling that if you want to be like me and dig into it that really makes a lot of sense at the same time this old haunted mansion sign that maybe a ghost put up like the whole thing is that they're looking for their 1000th ghost right so we're gonna put up a sign up front this is the haunted mansion Uh, i think that's kind of cool it also feels like a tourist spot that maybe you would go visit the mansion and get trapped in it because it is haunted, right? Like it just fits so perfectly. It's like it's a small world where the mansion sign doesn't take away from the facade and yet you still know where to line up. It still informs you as to what you're about to go see. So this is the like for me, classic classic versus the new school. And and I like that a lot. So In this matchup, even though I think I downed it, I'm going to go Haunted Mansion because I think it complements its area. It complements the attraction itself. It lets the facade speak for itself while also indicating this is where you need to be to get into that house. So I'm going to go to number five seed. Yeah, Kyle, I I I happily agree with you. Uh, I'm very happy to uh, to move the Haunted Mansion. Uh, into the finals. I love the idea that, you know, you're the Pirates guy and I'm the Haunted Mansion guy. And time and time again, we see the Haunted Mansion outlast the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> in so many brackets. Um, <laughs> I think that we know what the superior attraction is. All right, um, no, I mean, in, in, in all honesty, I think the Radiator Springs Racers sign is a sign that I probably wouldn't have thought of when I thought of a great Disneyland resort sign. But in talking about it, in looking at more photos of it, um, I really do think it is a good sign. Um, and one element that we, we kind of overlooked, and I definitely overlooked, is that the Neon Racers car is the only part that lights up so it looks like it's floating at nighttime, which is really cool. Uh, um, yeah. and, and also as you're walking kind of towards the sign, uh, the sign and its um, columns frame the attraction uh, and the cars kind of coming through it. So it is, it is this very sort of um, uh, welcoming 
Yeah, but also, but all yeah, picturesque, but also it's it's exciting. It's kind of like oh shoot, this is this is a very serious experience I'm about to get myself in. So it's it, it's pretty cool. But uh, love love the haunted mansion sign. If we were talking marquees, we might go r- racers, but we're talking signs, so it's <laughs> got to be the mansion. Callie, are you cool? Are you cool with this, or do you think you would have sent the one seat on here? I'm cool with it, but I also think I would have set the one seat on. So hmm. like, they're both great signs. Um, I think the storytelling and the radiator springs racers sign marquee what have you is just a little bit more compelling but i'm not mad at the haunted mansion great all right well which sign will meet the haunted mansion sign in the finals it's the number seven mr toad's wild ride sign versus the number three it's a small world sign i don't feel good about this one i do not feel good here we go it's gotta be the cast right now it's gotta be the Mr. Toad's wild ride sign, gang. Uh, the irony elements just so good. The actual, actual intricate nature of the car- carving in the stone is great. Kyle, you did a great job of breaking down the crest, uh, which is great. Uh, and the Toad statue, it's it's just all uh, really great. It feels natural and realistic, um, but at the same time, it is informative and, and references the ride that you are about to enter. I guess my only criticism of the sign would be that, you know, there are no lighting elements. So at nighttime, you're just kind of re- relying on like traditional front lighting uh, to to illuminate it, which like, I mean, makes sense. Like why would Mr. Toad have a neon package on his sure. uh, his mansion sign? But, uh, you know, so many of these attractions we talk about do have like cool lighting to it. Um, and I do think that It's a Small World area at night is simply magical, but uh, it's got to be Mr. Toad for me. Uh, this is so difficult for me because I love... Mr. Toad's Wild Ride as an attraction and the sign and the fact that the sign blends in so well to its surroundings. And like I said in part one, the fact that the building is supposed to be Toad's Hall. So you having the kind of crest and the scroll announcing that this is Toad's Hall is very important uh, and matches the theme. So like that makes a lot of sense. But then like my heart is with It's a Small World where it takes a back seat. It kind of pays homage to the Tower of the Four Winds, which was what Rolly Crump built at the 1964 World's Fair, uh, which was just this big whimsical tower that had you know the the like parasails and the and the things on it that would spin and and move. And that sign is built on something that is very similar to it. So it makes sense because that attraction originated at the 64 World's Fair, but then also kind of lets you know what this is all about. Like we've got kids from all around the world, different races, different backgrounds in one boat, and they are sailing on the happiest cruise that ever sailed. So you kind of know what you're going to get when you get into it. And if you don't, you're intrigued to find out just by that. I just think it makes so much sense for its area and the fact that it's so colorful and it pops against the white and gold background of the facade that it's on also makes it a great sign because you need it to be eye-catching enough where you're not having guests asking, hey, where do I line up for It's a Small World? They're like, oh, look at the big colorful sign that's in this area. 
Uh, Chris, you're right. It is a magical space and the sign maybe isn't the most magical part of that space, but I think it's kind of meant to be. I think it's meant to be an indicator and that's the functionality of it. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, also not the magical spot of the or part of the space, but it's meant to be an indicator and it does that. So this is a very even matchup, but I think that I have to go with my heart here and go with it's a small world. And I think that sign is just a lot better than Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Uh, Poo Girl Callie is <laughs> fist bumping and I think that she's going to agree with me. Yeah, Chris, I have one question for you. Have you ever stepped in baby poop and then forced <laughs> to ride a ride with someone that you absolutely despise? I I can't say that I have. Uh, so I well, have no next time you're in the park, okay. try it out. I'll I'll, I'll I'll keep some baby poo in like a bag and I'll just Ooh. throw it down and try it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, Kyle, one of the things that you mentioned was that Mr. Toad's Wild Ride kind of like blends into the facade and i was about to make the same point that it's a small world just pops so beautifully against the white and gold mr toad's wild ride like if you were walking past it you'd miss it um so once again for that reason my vote is for its opposition so it's a small world is moving on for me and that brings us to the finals it's the number five the haunted mansion sign versus number three It's a small world sign. And here is my argument. From the beginning of this entire company, it has been built on titles. Things that we've known, things that we've we've recognized, things that we might remember. These films open up with storybook titles. It's a book. It's literally a stop motion book that opens up. These characters that we fall in love with are the titles themselves. Titles and the first impression matter so much. And to me, what carries that legacy, what puts that legacy on its back is It's a Small World. The It's a Small World sign feels like an open invitation to come and enjoy the story. Now, does that make it, you know, any better than Haunted Mansion and what it does to its ride? No. Haunted Mansion sign fits perfectly as I've said over and over again, for what it's supposed to do, which is indiscreetly say, there's an attraction here. There's, this is a haunted house. And we're not going to put a big neon sign because a haunted house wouldn't have a big neon sign. But the sign still has haunted in it. And so at least you know where you're supposed to go. And that makes it a functional sign. But it's a small world feels like the invitation that that ride grants. It feels like, hey, come on over here. This is where you stand. This is where you walk through. It's not even necessarily like any of the Fantasyland attractions where it's like, once you walk under this, you are hopping on a a vehicle. This is, hey, you're going to line up here. Walk through here. Walk down the ramps. Go through the topiary. You're going to be fine. I just think that this stands for that whimsy, that warmth, that play Everything that you kind of want out of a Disneyland attraction and experience all in one, packaged in neatly with a little bow, tucks you in, night-night kiss, that's just a small world sign. I'm going to go with the number three seed as the winner here. I'm going I'm to talk about some non-Disney <laughs> things. Some non-Disney things real quick. If I can take a moment to talk about 
the Alfred Hitchcock film Psycho. Oh, please. Uh, recently revisited Psycho this Halloween season. Phenomenal film. So slow, so boring, so scary. And a lot of the horror comes from the stillness of the movie. You're just totally. like, when's, when's the scary thing going to happen? When's it? It's, oh, it seems like it's about to get scary maybe. And then it happens really quick and then it's over. And then it's really calm again for like another 30 minutes. Uh, and then it gets real scary at the end. Darth Vader. Yeah. Our, our best Star Wars character. <laughs> yeah. You can't see his eyes. You can't see his mouth. Can't see any of his facial expressions. You can't see his arms because he's tucked behind a cape. Right. He has this sense of quiet strength. Yeah. And you have no idea what this man's about to do. That makes him scary. Tywin Lannister, the best villain in TV history. Calm, cool, collected, confident at all (laughs) times. You never know what he's going to do. And the threat is the fact that he's not doing anything. He's so scary because you're like, at any moment, he could do anything. We know that he can. And that's exactly how I feel about this Haunted Mansion sign. Mm. It has this beauty in the subtlety. You're about to ride a ride that is equal parts haunted and scary uh, and also silly and funny. And the fact that the attraction sign doesn't really intimidate you in any way or make you think uh, silly and wild and fun in any way it's very, very eerie. Uh, you walk past this sign, you're like, like that's, that's the sign? Like this, this ride is so scary. It's trying <laughs> to make you think that the ride's not scary. It's hmm. like, oh, just a sign. You know, just, just a normal house. Hey, walk don't, on by me. Go into don't, the house. Don't worry about it. You have absolutely nothing to worry about, nothing to fear. Just a normal, everyday graveyard in front of a plantation-ass looking house. What could go wrong? Uh, and, and again, if we were talking about marquees, I think we may have an argument, but as far as sign itself, the function <laughs> of the sign, the beauty of the sign and what it does for the attraction, it's got to be the Haunted Mansion. I'm chasing another mansion, dub baby, please. Oh, man. Uh, Callie, after doing very little lifting in part one of this bracket, you got, you got a big responsibility here. You're going to be crowning our winner. I know you guys are getting your money's worth this episode. <laughs> I was big chilling last week. This one's tough. Um, I mentioned this in um, the last round, but I think there's something just so iconic about the Haunted Mansion sign and all of the little details that are in it. Like, is the middle of the M an upside down cross or is that just like a little it is it is that is crazy like who would have thought that there'd be an upside down cross and a devil in disneyland and i don't think that would get like approved anywhere else except for haunted mansion like haunted mansion gets away with so much stuff they're the younger sibling i think of a lot of rides in disneyland where they get away with just pure chaos so for that reason upside down cross devil with snake buds i'm gonna go with the haunted mansion (laughs) 
Trent. God damn it. The undisputed say, champ. I, I, I'm kind of in the Kyle camp where I'm a Pirates gal versus a Haunted Mansion gal. So this it's a little little bittersweet to say that. But Tell me how on paper, though. Haunted anyways, Mansion keeps anyways, rising to the let's top, go ahead and Let's go ahead and do what, what I have to say. All right, here we go. As we do at the end of every bracket, we have to crown the winner and clap for it. It's the number five haunted mansion. Let's clap it out. All right, Chris, get on your horse. The, the, the best paper. The best Disneyland sign. A haunted mansion resurgence bandwagon. Mansion Mafia rise up, baby, because <laughs> we are on Mafia. top. We are on Hate top it. once again on the Mouse Madness podcast. We will not be denied the crown, the best attraction in every way. The Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Love to see another dub for old Manny. Oh, God. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to do it to you, Kyle. I hey, didn't want to, but. Hey, listen, I don't have any hate for the mansion. I just like pirates better. However, I've downed pirates every single time uh, <sighs> we've done any of these brackets in, you know, the, the areas that we've discussed. And that's okay. That's okay. I can still love, even though on paper it's lost, what, five times now? I think Haunted Mansion has the most banners in the rafters at the Mouse Madness Hall it of has Fame. To. So. It has to. Yeah, that's what happens. Callie, w- welcome back to the podcast, and thank, thank you, you so thank much you. for joining us. Uh, you t- didn't have to do a ton last time, but you <sighs> broke basically every single tie this time and crowned the winner. Uh, we hope that if you would come back Maybe not in two and a half years, sooner than that this time. Yeah. I am sorry that it took so long to come back, but I'm excited to be back for the signs. Anything Disneyland, I'm all about. I'm a geek for it. So thanks for inviting me along. We got you. We got you. All right, everyone. That does it for another episode. If you have something to say about these signs, if you've got a bracket idea, if you want to hop in and do some co-hosting of your own, please email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and join us at the $5 level by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang where you'll have access to things like two bonus Mouse Madness episodes a month, access to video episodes, the right to vote on bracket topics, and of course an invite to our seasonal Jerry's Gang Disney trivia event which is coming up in the next few weeks. We've got an incredible prize uh, for oh, our yeah. Jerry's Gang <laughs> trivia folks. So if Get you want to be if you want to be a part piece part if you want to be a part of that action, head over to uh, our Patreon. Till next time, folks, we will catch you on the other side.